1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy winning journalist from the White House to War Zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show.
2: I've heard it all, and I actually thought maybe today. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, I actually thought maybe he was kidding. Maybe he was one of those guys who, when he tells a joke, you can't tell if he's kidding or not. Turns out he was actually serious when he testified before a committee of senators who were very frustrated, and they were asking him about the border, and he had the audacity to say, that the US under this administration has, quote, effectively managed the ongoing border crisis. What? Are you kidding me? I bet you I could pull 500 two year olds off the street. Doesn't matter what city in the country. I could pull like a six year old and they would say, no, that border is wide open. That's dangerous. And yet today, Alejandro Mayorkas, with a straight face, told a group of senators, a bipartisan group, in between a hearing there that was taking place. And he said, we have done an effective job of managing the border. To me, that is such an outright lie, an outright misrepresentation. And no wonder senators were furious. What's your reaction to the fact That the guy who is in charge of our homeland security, specifically the border, along with Kamala Harris, that when he testifies under oath with a straight face, actually said that the Biden administration has done a great job with managing the border. You have got to be kidding me. You just look at the numbers since this president has taken over. They've had almost two million Illegal immigrants that they've had encounters with. That doesn't even include the gotaways. Those are the ones that they know about since President Biden has taken office. And then last month, they had a record 7,000 a day, totaling more than 220,000. That's the biggest number they've ever had in American history. And that's before Title 42 is about to be lifted. So, to me, this is so outrageous that he wants us to buy this line of hogwash that they're doing a great job at the border. And then, when they were saying, okay, well, listen, if Title 42 gets lifted, what is your plan? And his plan is to add more officers. And I thought, okay, maybe he's having an epiphany. Maybe at that moment he's going to say, Okay, we need more to keep the border safe, to block them out, to keep them to remain in Mexico, to make sure that they're being vetted. Uh, uh 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 uh. He actually said the reason that they're adding more officers is they want to have more to basically be in the holding facilities and the processing facilities so they can process them faster and then release them faster into the United States. This, to me, it's like you can't make it up. What are they doing to our country? So tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, I can't wait to get your thoughts about all of this because it comes at a time where, boy, there are major, major security threats all over the country and all over the world. And later on in the show, we're also going to talk about Russia because some enormous threats coming from Vladimir Putin who is really, really stepping up the ante and really going after a whole bunch of NATO allies in terms of the you know, rhetoric, also cutting off gas supplies. I mean, there's some really big developments that are happening over there. And now we have a wide open southern border that's about to get a lot more open, thanks to this guy who I actually think, you know, give Will Smith's Academy Award, take it away. And give it to Alejandro Mayorkas because that was a great acting job that I saw today because he had a perfectly straight face saying that the Biden administration has managed the border appropriately. To me, that is an amazing job. He deserves that Oscar. That, that Take that Will Smith Oscar. Give it to Alejandro Mayorkas. He deserves that for that incredible acting job because to me... That was the most insane comment. I thought maybe I needed wax out of my ears or something. I'm like, wait, 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 did he really say that? And then he repeated it again with a straight face. Uh, It's amazing to me. And then he was asked, okay, listen, well, what's going to happen when Title 42 gets lifted? And this is even more interesting. They come to him and he admits, oh, boy, it's going to be really a deluge of people coming through our country. Yeah, it could really be. A potential crisis. So why don't you stop it? Isn't that amazing? The answer would be, well, here's what we're doing to prevent that from happening. We're concerned for our own sovereignty, for our country's safety. Here's what we're going to do. No, he's going to have more people to help with the processing to get them in quicker and move them along into America and admitted they don't get checked, they don't get vaxxed. It is really astounding to me, and you could tell today when the senators were grilling him, they were just fed up because he was doing a -a rope-a-dope like I've never seen. It was like ducking, weaving, bobbing. This guy really, I mean, he puts Mike Tyson to shame in the ring. This guy was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a listen. I want to play an exchange. This is with Congressman Norman, and he was asking Mayorkas about it. Take a listen.
3: And if— if, as you say, the border is more secure, what is your definition of insecure?
4: Congressman, um, uh, you have so uh, grotesquely mischaracterized uh, uh, my uh, position uh, on issues and uh, my service to this country uh, for more than 20 years. Um, your actions proved different, Mr. Secretary. Your actions uh, proved different. I have laid the out. The
3: fact that what you- Hold on. This is my time. Uh, the fact, and you're not going to answer questions, you, 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 you're you avoiding them just like you always have.
2: At least he's consistent, you know, at least he's like, uh, well, I don't really know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, to me, I really rarely say this, but watching it today, I am really worried for our country's security much more than ever. Usually when someone goes on Capitol Hill, their job is to sort of send a message of assurance to the country because everybody's watching these hearings. It's not just the members of Congress who are doing the questioning that get a chance. The whole world's kind of watching this. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you know, I thought he would maybe come up with some answer that maybe we hadn't heard that would protect our American security. And yet I am more concerned than ever. After watching him today, he seems like he has no clue. He seems like he is completely uh, out to lunch in La La Land. And, you know, it's not a surprise that a number of members of Congress today said, you know what, it's time for you to resign. Listen to this exchange with Congressman Clay Higgins and Alejandro
5: Mayorkas. By God, man, on the moment you've been called upon to resign by myself and others, Next year, if we have the majority in this committee, which we shall, you're still in office, you'll face impeachment. I ask you as a man, own this thing. Out of respect for you and the office, I ask you to reflect upon that. And I'll give you my remaining 45 seconds to respond. Please feel my spirit. And speak truthfully. Step away from your talking points and speak to the American people and own this thing. We're losing our country down there. We need you to resign. Save the country, the pain of your impeachment. I have 20 seconds, sir. Please respond.
4: Congressman, I couldn't disagree with you more when you say that when you state that our nation's sovereignty is disintegrating.
2: Are you kidding me? Is there anybody out there that thinks that our border is more secure under this president? You just heard, and he didn't even like, the whole thing was like, you should resign. Save the country, the pain of the impeachment. And we're worried about the sovereignty of our country. He said, well, no, it's not disintegrating. There's not really been a reduction. Are you kidding me? The numbers speak for themselves. Do they think that we're, like, stupid that, you know, just because we see historic numbers of people crossing, we see terrorists that have been arrested of late, dozens of terrorists. We have seen a whole slew of, like, child molesters that were arrested just last weekend, gang leaders, MS-13, drug cartel leaders. That was just last weekend. And yet, oh, no, no problem with our border. And when the White House is asked, they say, oh, yeah, we're not vaccinating. We're not checking. We don't have a way to check of the criminal history in their home country. And they're moving too fast. We really can't even check here. And we're not doing vaccination because they're not going to be here that long. Meanwhile, they're shipping them onto flights to New York and everywhere else around the country, to Memphis, New York, cities all over America. These people think that we're a bunch of morons and to me, when I looked at him, I thought, this guy is inept, and he has really put our country in enormous jeopardy. And that, that line of him just sitting there saying, no, it's not really, you know, less secure. Everything's fine. We're doing a really good job. Uh, I was astounded. To me, I've heard hogwash. That, to me, was unbelievable. That was over the top. And the fact that he stayed with that line no matter what, you know, I was like, no, no, everything's fine. Oh, yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry about the terrorists. Don't worry about the drug dealers. Don't worry about the child molesters. Come on in. That makes the country so much more secure. This guy is really out to lunch. And to me, it really is frightening for American security and for the world's security especially at an incredibly dangerous time right now. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ed on line one. Ed, your thoughts about uh, the actor Alejandro Mayorkas, not to be confused with uh, Monteban, with uh, the Fantasy Island, the plane, the plane.
6: Alejandro Mayorkas, Rita, the, the southern border is like Niagara Falls. Everybody's coming over. Fauci. Fauci just he declared the, the, the plague, everything is well, it's over, right? To gain to gain power within himself. He said, Well, he's declaring everything done and over. Because you know what? He's over. His power's over. Nobody believes in him anymore.
2: And and by and the, the way, real- by the way, Ed, we're gonna talk about that also later on in the show, because you bring up a great point, Ed, because here is Fauci uh, you know, willing Fauci, who is saying, yeah, he believes a phase of the pandemic is over, if you will. But yet on the other hand, um, and I can't wait to to get all your thoughts on this. And obviously uh, you picked up on that, Ed, too. And then there's Saki on the other end, who's like, well, um, it's not, you know, totally over yet because they need to say that there's some covid to keep the mask mandate that they want on mass transportation in america because remember they're fighting that but for some reason there's like this invisible line at the border ed i mean that's the thing it's like they're trying to have it both ways like boy is it terrible boy are the planes really bad you know and trains but if you're a drug dealer in mexico come on in
5: oh sake
3: Saki, she's like an eddie like a reverse whirlpool she's like she's like
6: a she's like a conundrum and like contradicts herself in in uterum uh, like she i think she was born and she wanted to be unborn at the same time where did she come from what did she do right well,
2: and and by the way ed i will make this comment to her that She's a good linguist in the sense that, remember, oh, no, 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 no. The reason I'm saying this, Ed, listen, to hear me out. The reason I say this. She's an auctioneer.
7: She's an auctioneer.
2: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and that's a great line. Actually, Ed, that's a great line. Because the thing is, too, she can only go out there and auction the item, as you eloquently describe, what's being sold to her. So can you imagine, like, can you imagine, like, I always think a press secretary's job is a hard job, Ed. But if you're the press secretary for Biden, who's half awake, and then you got Mayorkas, who thinks the border is great. And then they go, hey, go on out to the media. That's like, you know, it's like, 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 how do you spin that? She tries to bob and weave, but the facts speak for themselves. You know, you're right. She's an auctioneer trying to sell a bad product and the American people aren't buying it. Ed, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What did you make of Mallorca's trying to sell us a bunch of hogwash? one 800
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: A little bit of smooth criminal, and that is definitely the case with a lot of those who are crossing the border, especially the gotaways, because we don't even know how many of those are getting away. The worst of the worst are not the ones that we get. Those are the ones who they are not able to apprehend uh, because they come across in a tough location or the border agents are outmanned or they come across with very, very sophisticated techniques. I mean, the cartel is spending a lot of money moving a lot of stuff and a lot of people across the border. And there are some bad hombres in there. And that is why I think it's so important that our border is safe. But if you listen to Alejandro Mayorkas, he is the head of Homeland Security. He testified today on Capitol Hill. He made the biggest lie I've ever heard that the border is actually doing fine, it's safe, our sovereignty is good. Take a listen to Alejandro Mayorkas, and it should have been like a bleep out, like, are you kidding? Listen to this.
3: And so my question to you, Mr. Secretary, are you testifying as you sit here today that the southwest border is secure?
4: Yes, I am, and we um, are continuing to work to make it more secure.
2: Are you kidding me? Yes, I am. Record number of people crossing. And you look at the list. I told you what just crossed in the last week in terms of individuals with crimes, serious crimes. And those are just the ones we know about in the last few days. And he tells the American people the southern border is secure. That is an outrage. And to me, it is shameful right now at a time where I am so worried about the safety of our country And the safety of the world. And this is the guy in charge of our border security. Boy, do we need prayers. Let's go to Jay on line one. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, Jay, are you there?
7: Yes. Can you hear me? Yep,
2: I can. Go ahead, Jay.
7: Okay. Um, Rita, what you have to do is rethink your thinking in terms of what he's thinking, Mayorka's According to him, because the Marxists are trying.
8: Hey Jay, hey Jay,
2: Jay, call Jay, Jay, call us back. We're losing you a little bit. It's dropping off, but we'll definitely get you back on. Call us back. Let's go to Pete on line three. Go ahead, Pete.
9: Hi Rita. How could these people? Why? How do they keep a straight face? I mean, the border is secure. I mean, this is. A Saturday Night Live, Laura Michaels must be having a ball. He's got more material. He could have a Saturday night, a Sunday night, and a Monday night. Just what's been happening in the last couple of days. I can't believe it. I can't even put on, like, uh, ABC News or the, the, the lies. I mean, how much? Well, I, I I am so sick of it. I don't even want to turn the TV on unless watching a movie or a sports game. I mean, the way they report the news, how could they lie with a straight face? Yeah,
2: could you believe, and you just heard what he said, that it is secure, and they're about to make it more secure. I mean, to me, that is an astounding comment. And then he also said, he did say it could be a crisis level if suddenly— Eighteen to 20,000 of them cross a day, which is, by the way, the estimates of what the amount that will cross, you know, when uh, Title 42, should it get lifted, because they're fighting to lift it. That's about how many they think will be crossing at that point. That is a crisis. And he did concede that. He said, oh, well, that could kind of overwhelm us. But he made it sound like. Like, boy, they're they're like totally in control. No problems at the border. There's no issues at the border. No problem that we're not checking for criminal records that we're not checking if they're vaccinated. I I mean, it really you hit it in a great way, because I feel like it's like an alternate universe. I, I felt like I was like watching like Star Trek and they were like on another planet like where, you know, where, you know, hey, you're a terrorist. Come on in. You know, you're a drug dealer? Come on in. I, I mean, it was really frightening, Pete. What What was your thoughts on it? Well, my thoughts, it's scary. I mean, don't these people have a conscience at
9: all? I mean, right now things are so bad. I just heard some. I don't know if it's true. I got a call that they expended uh, for the evictions another six months. I mean, I see, like, people, landlords, that uh, and people that base their uh, retirement that didn't have pensions on having a rental, and it's like terrible. They and these tenants, they
2: with such a straight face, like I'm staying here, it'll pay no rent. My but but Pete, got, but Pete, he you he hit slapped. it on the head because you're right. It's sort of it fits with a lot of the other things that they are doing, and at the same time, they're pushing for more COVID relief, but yet no COVID on the border. They're also talking about the lifting of student loans. They're clearly trying to buy votes there. They're also pushing about green energy and electric cars and all that other stuff while we need gas. I mean, what a mess.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. After reading the details of this, I just want to say, please pray for our police on our streets everywhere. FBI Director Christopher Wray addressed skyrocketing rates of murders against police officers recently, saying that the surge is far outpacing General violent crime, which, as we know, is also skyrocketing. But the murders against officers is even greater. What a sad commentary. FBI Director Ray said the comments during a 60 Minutes interview saying that murders of police officers rose 59 percent in 2021. The total murder rate overall rose 29 percent last year. And the U.S. lost 73 police officers to such attacks in 2021. He said that violence against law enforcement in this country is one of the biggest phenomena that I think doesn't get enough attention. And he said that officers are being murdered at a rate nearly one every five days. Boy, is that a heartbreaking number. FBI Director Ray said that officers killed in the line of duty last year were killed through things like being ambushed or shot while out on patrol. And he said wearing the badge shouldn't make you a target. Bravo for his comments and how heartbreaking to hear these enormous statistics. Again, 73 police officers murdered in the line of duty, many of them ambushed or shot while they were on patrol. And I'm happy that the FBI director, who's been a law enforcement guy his entire life, is shining a light on this and letting people know uh, the incredible sacrifice and heroism of our great men and women in blue and just how difficult and dangerous their jobs are every, every day. Um, It's just heartbreaking. And, of course, I'm thinking about them and thinking about their families. Well, we will definitely be needing some more law enforcement and for sure also maybe some other members of the military a whole bunch of folks at the border to secure our border. And in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby show a stunning comment also from Alejandro Mayorkas today the homeland security secretary because he was asked I understand this is coming from you know one of the members of Congress that they may pull individuals tied to the VA, the Veterans Administration, to use them at the border. And my first thought was, well, maybe he's going to do it to really crack down on the border and pull resources from veterans to protect our border somehow to do that. And then he said, no, we are thinking of doing that, but we're thinking of doing it to basically help process more migrants coming in. So let me get this straight. They're going to pull resources from our great veterans at the VA, pull manpower and folks there, and bring them down to process more migrants to come in? Does that seem fair to you? It doesn't sound fair to me. And we're going to talk about that in the next half hour or so here on the Rita Cosby Show, because that to me is just another thing, another just slap in the face, I think, to our veterans, to our great military, and that is not that. It shouldn't be babysitters, you know, to be pulling them away from important things that they need to do. You know there are a lot of people in VAs that need more help in the VAs. We need to do whatever we can to help our veterans. And you're going to pull resources from there so they can process more illegal immigrants coming across the border? Shame on this administration. This is really just – it's getting crazy. And things were so crazy today at the hearing. This is Congressman John Katko of New York grilling Mayorkas, who again said, the border is safe, it's secure, everything's doing
10: great. Well, CATco wouldn't have any of it. Take a listen. The question is, sir, is very simple. What information do you have in your possession that your frontline agents who risk their lives every day, and some of whom give their lives every day, have, though don't have, that will tell you that you won't lose operational control to some of the border, at least, when Title 42 is lifted?
4: Uh, we have a plan. We have a plan that we have developed and that we have been preparing to execute. Your six pillar plan? We have been implementing, implementing since September of this past year.
10: Are yeah, you referring to your six pillar plan? Yes. Oh, but has that been implemented or is that a proposal?
4: That is underway in its execution. We began ask a planning in September. Let me ask you a question.
10: That pillar, the six pillars, the surge started on January 20th when President Biden took office. Why didn't you implement the six pillars then? Why oh. did you wait for 14 or 16 months to implement these things?
4: Many of these lines of effort have been underway since this administration began, and the I thought you just the,
10: said that they're under in the way of the being implemented now.
4: And the challenge, Congressman, of migration is not a challenge that the United States faces alone.
2: That's right. That's why. Why are you pushing to have remain in Mexico lifted? And a court has said, ah, it should be in place. A court has also now, in the last few hours, said that at least for now, Title 42 should be in place. At least for the next 14 days, they're going to review it. But they're trying to fight the administration that wants to lift that. This is just, the whole thing is so crazy. And Jim Jordan basically summed it up. Congressman Jim Jordan said, you know what? The reason none of this makes sense to common sense people like you and I is because they have an objective here. Because why else would you have such an enormous open border? Why would you have such a massive security risk in every shape or form? And why would you tell us a bold-faced lie that the border is really secure and want us to actually believe that? So take a listen. This is how Jim Jordan sums it up.
11: The hard left controls their party. They are ideologues who run the Department of Homeland Security. That is Secretary Mayorkas' deep-down position. He thinks anyone who comes to our border should be allowed to come into our country, stay in our country, and never be sent home. There are 1.1 million people who have went through the court process. They've had their day in court, and the judges said, you are not entitled to stay here, that they're not sending back. They're just staying here. So this is their policy. This is what they're intentionally doing for the country. I don't know the motivation, but it seems to me that's just what they believe. They believe what I think Secretary Clinton said several years ago in a presidential campaign. They believe in a borderless hemisphere. And we are seeing that play out in real time on our southwest border. Isn't
2: that scary? They believe in a borderless hemisphere. They believe in a free-for-all and no security, basically, at our border. And you just heard what he said. A court decided that a million of them under this administration Should go back 1.1 million. Those are the ones they encountered. And they're not sending them back. And the Remain in Mexico, which they were ordered to do, they sent back, I think it's like 200. It's like 210 or something out of close to 2 million that actually came in. I mean, to me, this is astounding. And this is such a major national security risk. And Congressman Jim Jordan said, you know what? It was working under President Trump. They had the border wall, they had the remain in Mexico, they had the Title 42, and this administration is dismantling everything, and he believes it is only because of politics and putting us all in enormous risk.
11: Here's a little bit more of Congressman Jim Jordan. Take a listen to what he says. Remember what Joe Biden did on day one. He said we're going to he announced a moratorium on any deportations. That sends a signal to the America. He said we're going to stop building the wall that President Trump was building. That sends a signal. Come on to America. And then he did the the, the two key things. He got rid of the third party, safe third party country, the agreements we had with the Northern Triangle countries. And he got rid of the remain in Mexico policy. And as I just said, next month, he's going to get rid of Title 42. So we had the policies in place that worked. We had immigration under control. We had a secure border under President Trump, but they made a conscious decision, an intentional, deliberate decision in a premeditated fashion to get rid of the policies that work, to put in policies that don't work. And
2: there was a report a little bit ago that 170,000 migrants are just waiting across the border. They're getting very close to that border ready to cross as soon as Title forty two is lifted. And a judge just put a stay on it again, but for two weeks. And guess what? May twenty third is past two weeks. That still may happen. And why is this administration so damned and determined to lift it and to put our country's security at risk. Let's go to Phil on line two. Phil, your thoughts about this. It's outrageous. When I heard my orcas, Phil, it was like the border's secure, what are you talking about?
3: Well, if you if you close your eyes and listen carefully to the sound of his voice, he sounds like a man who is very worried. He's watching every word that comes out of his mouth. He's part of the major agenda of the Democratic machine in Washington. Uh, the whole the whole thing boils down to Democrats want to destroy America. What they're doing is by taking in these people. They create a, an underpopulation of needy, needy people. These people have no money, no formal training, no skills. And besides, I got news for you. Their own country doesn't want most of these people for some reason. So what happens is the government turns around to the American public and says, OK, well, we have to support these people. They are here. So we're going we're to tax uh, unrealized uh, assets. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to spend the money. There's a network of about 450 now for profits who are out there who've received direct funding by various Democratic states and the government, the federal government, to care for these people. What they're doing is they're putting six to eight people in a motel room and paying the bill. Okay. the problem is,
2: Uh, by the way, Phil, Phil, I got to correct you and paying the bill. We're paying the bill because that's taxpayer money. Of course,
3: of course. But the, but the bottom line is somebody's paying their bill. They're giving them food stamps. They're giving them debit cards. My, my whole point is what happens when this explodes? Already in the Bronx, it's exploded because you have a lot of angry people who live in the Bronx. Their, their children can't get jobs. The, the adults, A lot of adults can't get jobs. The unemployment rate in the Bronx is about 11% because they're hiring people as low as $3 an hour to do odd and menial jobs. And these people don't even speak English. I've been in a few large supermarkets and stores, and you have people there who do not speak English, and, and you look at them and you wonder, how, do, how don't you speak English, weren't you born here? And, they, and some of them confess, they say, oh, I'm from Guatemala, oh, I'm from Honduras. You know, they, they say in Spanish, so you have gotta understand it. But the point is, what you face now is a question. You got a paradox here. What do they what should they do? What should they not do? The issue here is that if Fauci is saying we're still in a pandemic, doesn't Article 42 still stand
2: then? Yes, exactly. And that's exactly the point that even they can't even get their story straight. Um, it's really quite extraordinary, Phil, because at one point he says, well, the pandemic is over. This phase is over. But then I'm still worried about it. Um, he's not going to the White House correspondence Dinner because he said he's worried about COVID. The president's going, um, but Fauci isn't going. I thought they always listened to Fauci. They always, quote, listen to science. You hit it right on the head, Phil. The hypocrisy, it just reeks. Thank you, Phil. You always are great. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire on line four. Pete, your thoughts.
8: Hey, Rita. Thank you for allowing me to speak on your show tonight, Kay.
2: Always, always, great to have you, Phil. What do you, uh, Pete? What do you think?
8: Yeah, number one, I I told you uh, several days ago about Russia and the our government, these these floundering fools, as uh, people around me call them. Uh, all they had to do to get rid of Putin, number one. And I'm going to start with that, reader Real quick, I'm going to run down the list.
2: Or actually, right? do me a favor, Pete. Do me a favor. Stay focused on the border, just because we're talking about the border now, if you could. Stay focused on the border as a national security.
8: All right. I went on to C-SPAN, and I followed orcas. Okay? Alejandro Mayorkas. And I followed every word, syllable, that came out of his pie hole. Right? This guy is a skunk. Number one, like all the rest of the skunks in Washington and some Republicans as well. Number two, number three, when he started going against him, when he opened his pie hole, his trap, and started speaking about it's the American people. are the, We, the American people, are the problem with the border crisis? Are you kidding me, Rita? Really? Are you kidding me? Come on.
2: You know, people. Pete, Pete, you you put a great point there, Pete, because he still maintains the biggest threat to America are domestic extremists, domestic terrorists. And yet no problem on the border, no problem on the border when if you look right now, even at the statistics, as I was saying, of what crossed this weekend, I'm talking a few days ago, it was a couple gang leaders, cartel leaders, uh, convicted child molesters. Somebody uh, who was convicted of murder in their home country, that was just last weekend. That's not a bigger threat than anything he considers. I mean, this is the the group that went after parents, considering them terrorists. I mean, uh, you are right. It is so crazy. Let's go to Stan on line two. Stan, your thoughts about this? Uh,
6: Who's destroying America? What was that comment the gentleman made? Uh, As far as I could see, there is a problem on the border. But let's go back down memory lane here, folks. During the Trump administration, he reduced legal immigration by 30 to 40 percent. How many exported did he throw out? I think about 200,000. That's nothing. Stan, stand. Did the wall did nothing. Stan, nothing. listen,
2: Stan. You know, part of the reason was because the Remain in Mexico policy was in place. So they were forced to go through the asylum process in Mexico. So fewer came through, Stan. That's exactly why. And then they also had a much more stricter policy. Don't you think it keeps America more safe if people are vetted? I mean, you heard who crossed this weekend, Stan. I, are you agreeing with Mayorkas that it's it's open borders and not to worry whatsoever? You, do you think it's okay to have terrorists and child molesters coming in and saying, hey, have a great time in America. Come to a city near you. You want them to move in next to you?
6: Obviously what you just said, of course not. Any idiot, you know, who would agree to that is is stupid. I'm not. First of all, but they did nothing. Okay, legal immigration was reduced. Legal. He did nothing for illegal immigration during his time, because nothing was happened. So what? You, put up a wall. Will a wall stop people? Think for a minute. It actually did. Narco- Stan,
2: Stan. And the reason I'm going to say you're wrong um, is because border agents that had been down there. That And I have heard every single border agent that has been asked about the, ball, the wall said, yes, it has helped. And those are the folks on the front line. They know much better than you and I do. They're living it every day. They have said the wall was helping, at least the parts that started. Because remember, as soon as Biden came in, he took it down. And part of the reason that less came across was they knew that President Trump would throw out, if you had a criminal history or whatever, you were out of here. I mean, he was and and also the ones that came through, went through the process, that remain in Mexico policy was really pivotal because they had to get asylum vetted before they could come across. Right now, this administration saying, don't worry, you don't need to be vetted. You don't need to be vaccinated. Don't you think, Stan, that that that's a problem to me? That's an enormous problem.
6: Absolutely. I agree with you on that particular point. Absolutely. But let's not be hypocrites here. This problem has been going on for more than 20 years, not just Democrat, Republican. Absolutely. I would like to be honest with you. I'd like to see troops at the border. If you'd see a troop, I mean, I, I believe in that. I wish the president on this would do that. I think we'd see something in that regard. But, but they won't do it. But Stan, Stan, people.
2: they won't do it. As you can tell, they, well, they... At Trump.
6: Trump never did it. Stan, the
2: they were on the other side of the border. They weren't even coming across because they knew it wasn't a free for all. They are walking around with I love you, Biden, T shirts. Thank you for, you know, I don't care what com- crime I committed. I can't wait to come to America. I mean, that's basically the state right now. They knew under Trump that A, they'd get thrown right back if they were caught, and two, they had to get vetted before they came here. So so all of those things you're saying are not correct, but I love your call anyway. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: And one of the other stutters today during the Mayorkas... Uh, I don't know what you call it, extravaganza, acting extravaganza with Alejandro Mayorkas, was he was asked, there's a rumor that veterans funds money from the VA that would go to help veterans and also staff that's there in place. And by the way, you know, we would love to have as much as possible for our veterans. A lot of VAs could use more help. Um, And they're thinking about pulling resources from the VA to help at the border. And just as Stan was talking about maybe the military at the border, I was thinking, gosh, maybe they're going to put armed guards at the border. Maybe they're going to finally have an epiphany. No, no, no. Mayorkas basically and Saki also suggested that some of the funds would maybe go so these folks could help with processing so more of them can come through. (laughs) You, You can't make this up. Listen to
12: this exchange. My question to you today is, yes or no answer, is the the Department of Homeland Security planning to reallocate resources, doctors and nurses from our VA system, intended to care for our veterans, to help care for illegal immigrants at our southern border?
4: Congresswoman, um, let me me be clear, because an interagency effort is precisely uh, what the challenge of migration requires, and it's not specific to 2022, nor 2021, nor 2020 or the years preceding.
12: Right, but I'm just asking you a yes or no question. Are you planning on taking resources away from our veterans to help deal with the surge at our southern border? That's a yes or no question. uh,
4: Actually, Congresswoman, um, the resources uh, that the medical personnel from the Veterans Administration would allocate to this effort is uh, under the judgment of the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, who prioritizes the interests of veterans above all others, uh, for very noble and correct reasons.
12: Do you know if you have you had any conversations about reallocating those resources? Uh,
4: I have not uh, personally, but of course, our teams, our personnel, uh, have, and I'd be very pleased to um, uh, to follow up uh, with you.
2: In other words, other people are discussing this, and we're planning it. Isn't that great? They're going to take resources from the VA to fix what is a messed up border that they won't admit. But not to protect the border necessarily, but basically, as he further explained, for processing to make sure that the migrants are processed appropriately. So we can kind of hurry them up and get them into the country because, boy, we can't wait to do that when they're not vetted and not vaccinated. It is astounding. Let's go to your calls, everybody. one 800 848 one let us go to J.C. in Pennsylvania, Line 7. Go ahead, J.C.
9: Hey, hey,
6: Rita, this is disgusting. First of all, I suggest that we do a special envoy and send stand to the border. That's number one. you got to send Stan to the border. Okay? Uh, this is a sacrilege. We're taking money from the vets. Okay, so we're robbing the vets. Why don't we just help the vets out? How many of these vets are underprivileged, don't have enough money, they live in shambles, and they're going to take money, instead are giving them money, money from the
11: vets, they're giving them phones, Uber rides, plane rides, on the trail coming up Is the UN you know, giving money out to these people. It it is, is- it's
2: amazing. JC, you hit it on the head. They're giving them all these things, the phones, as you mentioned, all that stuff. Guess what? All this at taxpayers' expense, and yet we still have to mask up on a plane. When we come back... I'm going to play some astounding comments from Fauci and take more of your calls about the border.
0: He's your numero uno.
1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I
2: know your name is
1: Rita, you smelling sweeter.
2: And this White House is trying to have it both ways, because on one hand, they're like, well, you know, there are problems with COVID, and that's because we want a mask mandate in place on planes. And then on the other hand, anytime you ask them a border question, like the ones that came today to Jen Psaki at the White House press briefing, it's like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, The border seems to be very safe. That was sort of the message from Alejandro Mayorkas, who, by the way, tomorrow is going to be another day of grilling for him. And Jim Jordan gets a bite at him tomorrow. We heard from Jim Jordan in the last hour, but tomorrow Jim Jordan will be on the committee that actually gets to ask him questions tomorrow. So I can't wait to hear some of those exchanges because members of Congress are just as perplexed as I think most of you, and I certainly am, when I heard Mayorkas say— The border's safe. No problems there whatsoever. Everything's been effective. We're doing a great job. I mean, it is just such a bunch of hogwash. And they are still pushing, again, to lift Title 42, even though judges kind of keep stepping in and keep trying to say, no, you're overreaching. That's not appropriate. But if you ask Jen Psaki, as a number of reporters did today, how can you reconcile This mask mandate that you're pushing on mass transit in America on planes and trains and buses and then say that our southern border, there's no covid, even though you're not testing them, you're not doing any of that. And if you listen to circle back, Saki, she kept circling back and she kept saying, oh, it's not our decision. The CDC on its own. We're listening to the science and the CDC says it's okay on the border. The border is a pristine, beautiful place. Take a listen.
12: Mayor of is getting a real grilling on Capitol Hill today, particularly about Title 42 and the plans that are in place to deal with it. DHS has acknowledged that a surge would uh, put a substantial strain on resources. Now, obviously, DHS announced this 6.20-page plan. But given that strain that DHS is anticipating, why should the American people have confidence that you'll be able to deal with that surge of migrants if Title 42 is lifted? Well, first, I would say, just as a reminder, it is a health authority, not an immigration plan or an immigration authority, and it's not meant to be a replacement of. So the determination about where we stand and to lift it was made by the CDC.
2: Right. We had zero to do with it. We're just following the science. We're just checking. And speaking of the science, Mr. Science, freewheeling Fauci, has been feeling neglected of late because he hasn't been able to really weigh in. People haven't been asking him if he looks like Brad Pitt or if he's on the cover of People magazine. He's missing his moments. And so if He was the barometer of science, remember? And even the administration, this administration kept quoting him over and over and over again. But now they don't really like what he has to say. And this to me is such a bunch of hypocrisy if you listen to this. First of all, here is Dr. Fauci. He did an interview with PBS and he was asked, what do you think about the state of the pandemic? So listen to Mr. Science, Dr. Fauci. How close are we to the end of this pandemic?
1: Well, that's an unanswerable question for the following reason. And, and I don't want to be evasive about it, but let me tell you why I'm giving you that answer, Judy. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the
2: pandemic phase in this country, we are. So we're out of the pandemic phase. And then he further explained this virus. If we can keep
1: that level very low and intermittently vaccinate people, and I don't know how often that would have to be, Judy. That might be every year. That might be longer in order to keep that level low. But right now, we are not in the pandemic phase in this country.
2: So why is this administration pushing for masking on mass transit? If the Mr. Science, the guy whose words were gospel to the Biden administration, all the way up until this interview, it seems, they were like, oh, that's what Dr. Fauci says. That's what Dr. Fauci says. And now they don't like what Dr. Fauci says because it doesn't necessarily work for them in their mask mandate. They'd rather he not say anything because no one can circle back like circle back Saki. So this is her explanation when people were asking her today in the White House briefing, what do you make of Dr. Fauci saying that? Why is
12: there a mask mandate that you're pushing? What Dr. Fauci was saying is that we are in a different phase of this pandemic. And that's absolutely true. Last month, The President announced a plan for how we can move forward safely while staying on our front foot against COVID. As he pointed out, nationwide cases are relatively low, far below the 900,000 cases a day uh, we saw during the Omicron surge. Even as we've seen upticks, um, hospitalizations are about at about the lowest level since the pandemic and deaths are declining. So there's no question that we're in a moment, a different moment in our fight against COVID. But we also know COVID isn't over and the pandemic isn't over. So she says,
2: COVID's not over. The pandemic's not over. That would be consistent with the mask mandate. So then why are you lifting Title 42? And you're telling me Fauci and these guys are not, like, conferring and he has no idea what CDC is doing and CDC is not political? That is such a bunch of hogwash guys. And so then reporters said, wait a minute, okay, this weekend is the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I've been there many times. It's a great event, the who's who goes, but we're all clammed into a room. It's like a couple thousand people, by the way, in a room. Um, And they're packed like sardines into the correspondence location, the hotel. It's the Washington Hilton down there in Washington, all right? So she was asked, so how do you reconcile the fact that That President Biden is planning to go to speak at the event. But Dr. Fauci, who said, well, it's not really in a phase yet. He can't even keep his story straight, but he's still concerned about COVID so much so that he's not going to go to the correspondence dinner because he's worried about COVID. So it's like the administration can't keep their story straight. And then yet it's okay at the border. Boy, you got to keep this is like a puzzle, guys. But listen to her explaining the difference between Biden going to a packed room, elderly guy, too. I don't think he's necessarily in the greatest health, at least not mentally.
12: And then Fauci. Listen to this one. Dr. Fauci said that he's not going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, citing COVID concerns. Obviously, he's the president's chief medical advisor. Uh, As far as we know, the president is still planning to attend. Uh, How how should people understand Dr. Fauci's decision versus the president's decision? And is there any concern that the president would be seen as not following the science in some way? Well, first, I would note and respect everyone's privacy, including Dr. Fauci's, as much as he's very much a public figure. But as you all know, he can speak for himself and his decisions. And um, every individual will make their own decisions about whether they attend this event, other events, whether they wear a mask at it or not.
2: So when we like what Fauci says, oh, we're following the science, we're following the advice of Dr. Fauci. But now, because the president wants to be seen with a bunch of journalists and other people and some celebrities and everything else that go to the correspondence dinner, it's okay. Fauci just speaks for himself, and everybody can make a different opinion. Wouldn't that have been the nice thing for this White House to have said to the average American about decisions as to whether they're on a bus or a plane or at a restaurant? I mean, wouldn't it have been nice to say it's up to you to make your own decision? But because the president wants to go to this dinner to hobnob with journalists— and to hobnob with celebrities and everybody else, it's okay, even though his chief medical officer says it's too dangerous and he won't go. This is unbelievable. And it's just like the mask mandate put that in, but border, no problem with COVID there. Boy, are they picking and choosing. And if to me, this just epitomizes, the double standards, and the politics that really are at play. This has nothing to do with science. This is all about politics. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Paul on line three. Go ahead, Paul, your thoughts.
7: Evening, Rita. Um, if you can humor me. Uh, by the way, that uh, Do We Cheat Him and how last night, that's from the Three Stooges attorneys. But uh, moving on.
2: By the way, was that you or who called in? Was that you or someone no, else? somebody called in his- i remember i remember that was a good one i actually i forgot about that i love the three stooges but it's i wasn't by the way i wasn't sure if it was them or even abbott and costello because they had some good ones too
7: (laughs) yeah that was the stooges but uh if you could humor me on this if i could ask my orcas a couple of questions this is what i would like to ask them first question is if you're doing a good job or a great job at the border can you describe for us what a bad job would look like? Oh,
2: God. By the way, Paul, that would have been a great question. You're absolutely right. Like, if this is good, uh, you know, it's like uh, I can't imagine what bad looks like.
7: <laughs> exactly. I got a couple of, a couple more of you humor me here. Sure. Um, can, uh, anytime I've gone overseas to another country, I need a passport, in some cases a visa. Can you name any other country in the in the world where you could just show up and be considered part of the population? That's a good one, too. And
2: good one. Let's hear then, your next one. Paul, you're on a roll.
7: I'll, I'll keep going then. Ms. Um, Maiorkis, when is your next trip to the border? And when was your last trip to the border?
2: How about how about when is your boss, the president, going to make his first trip? Because, Paul, he hasn't even done his first trip, the president. He literally like drove well, believe- near the border on a campaign stop years ago. And I mean, isn't that amazing at a time like this? That he hasn't even made an effort to go because he doesn't want to go because he knows it'll draw attention to the problems. You know, he doesn't care.
7: Absolutely not. I mean, I, I thought he said he went there many times. Or was that the vice president said she's been there many times?
2: That was her many times. And she did do a quick stop. Remember, I think it was in McAllen, Texas. But she did like what was a couple hours stop over. That's all she's done as being head of the border. Um, Because he posted, he put it on her because he doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't care, you know. That's why I think he gave it to her. Paul, great call. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's go to Diane on line two. Diane, your thoughts? Okay, my thoughts
6: on all the stuff that's happening with Title Forty Two, with you know the the, uh, head of the uh, Homeland Security, with everything that's going on and has been going on. There's only one reason for it. One simple reason. More desperate, poor independent people that will vote Democratic, and that is the whole reason. They want to get this Title 42 up because the midterms are coming, and they need a couple million more to vote Democratic. That's the only reason. They don't care if it's the end of this country. They don't care if a million people get raped and beaten. They don't care.
2: Yeah, you the know only what? You know what, Diane. Important is keeping the power, Diane. By that the is... way, Diane, and I agree with you that they seem to clearly have a mission to bring them in, and in fact, just as you said, Elizabeth Warren. By the way, it was over the weekend they stopped her, and she said, "Well, you know what? Um, yeah, I think amnesty is in the works." Uh, it was like whoa, whoa! She threw it out in an interview with CNN. And was like, yeah, um, you know, we're trying to get people into the country. And then basically we're talking about amnesty and we're talking about this. So what, is he going to suddenly do some executive order and say, okay, you're all citizens. Enjoy your uh, election next week. You know, I mean, to me, there clearly is a political motive. And to me, it is a dereliction of duty. And to see this Mayorkas guy, he is a major clown and seemed so incompetent and seemed so over his head. It made me really worried about security, as it clearly does to you. Diane, thank you. Great call. Let's go to Sherry on line four. Sherry, your thoughts.
8: Hi, Rita. Uh, This whole administration is incompetent.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's par for a course, right? He's following the lead of his boss. Exactly. Now, I have a question. How come the people from Ukraine who
8: actually have a legitimate reason for asylum, their country was evaded, they're getting bombed day and night, they have to have a sponsor? And they are allowed to stay for two years. But these people, they're letting in willy-nilly.
2: You know what's a scary thing, Sherry? Because many people believe they would not vote Democratic, those individuals. The same reason that I think, you know, and, and who knows which direction they would vote, but a lot of people believe they would vote for Republicans, for security, and for a lot of other issues for those reasons. And also, just like a lot of the Cubans, they have been very difficult about Cubans coming into the country. Cubans, traditionally, many of them vote at least Republican, not all, but many of them vote Republican. So I think you hit it on the head. It's such an of those people, if they're not fleeing, you know, uh, you know, destruction and and literally hell on earth. I mean, if you look at what's going on in Ukraine and boy, do they warrant asylum? And are they all hardworking people and good people and coming, you know, coming over here for genuine reasons, just as you said and so far, this administration has been like bragging how they're only going to take 100,000 100, of them, but they're bragging like it's some big number. And yet we had more than 200,000 encounters last month alone across our border. That war has been going on now for more than two months. And they believe that 12 million people have been displaced. And the best we can do is do 100,000. You know, now you and I both know why. Shame on this administration. Boy, are they playing politics. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: years ago i got a good print story which maybe i'll share sometime but not tonight but i will talk about my concern of what is going on indeed in russia regarding ukraine boy some really really heavy rhetoric that is happening from vladimir putin and boy is he just saying anybody who basically interferes with his war on ukraine will basically have a lightning response, and it will be swift, and it will be severe. Some very strong rhetoric, and we're going to talk about that in the next half hour here on the show. And by the way, also, uh, as we talk about war, a very, very uh, somber moment right now because it is Holocaust Remembrance Day uh, that is taking place all over the world, um, honoring the six million Jews who were murdered during World War II. It's a day I think we should never forget. We should never forget what happened to them, I don't think, any day. Um, And we're going to be talking to the former consul general from Israel to New York, who is now the head of Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Remembrance Center there in Israel. He's going to be joining us from Israel in just a few minutes to talk about the importance of this day, um, the importance of never forgetting, and also the um, troubling signs that we have seen of an increase of anti-Semitic attacks that have been taking place all over the country. And, in fact, some new numbers showing some stunning numbers coming out of New York and New Jersey especially. And we're going to be talking about that as well. And he's going to be joining us in about uh, about six, seven minutes or so here on the Rita Cosby Show. A very important time and great to be able to talk to him from Israel And then I will take your calls. Also, I want to get your thoughts on what we should do about Vladimir Putin, Uh, because take a listen to this exchange. This is Jennifer Griffin of Fox News, who was talking with Lloyd Austin, the secretary of defense. And I'm trying to figure out why is our administration, as we're talking about them being, you know, I I just think on, you know, on Mars in terms of their reaction to the border, saying the border is secure. That was from Majorca today. And Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, seems to not be able to say, we want to boot Russia out of Ukraine. We want Ukraine to 1,000 percent win. He's asked, what do you think the objective is? And he says, well, it's basically to weaken Russia. Why are they so mamsy-pamsy about this? How can Ukraine win if the leader of the free world and his administration is just, you know, walking around on eggshells with Putin? Take a listen. Yesterday, you said the goal is to weaken Russia at the end of this conflict. Why not say defeat Russia? Are you expecting Russia to pull back to the pre-February 24th lines or the pre-2014 lines?
13: clear, uh, we're not in a fight with Russia. The Ukraine is in a current struggle with Russia. And, uh, and what Ukraine uh, desperately wants is to make sure that it can protect its sovereign territory and we want to make sure that we're helping ukraine do that. and so what you've seen us do from the very beginning and even before this uh this conflict this invasion started. uh we were providing uh ukraine uh, with with uh security uh, assistance to be able to defend itself if it ever needed to. and of course once it was invaded uh we we and other and our allies picked up the pace in terms of uh you know providing uh, meaningful uh, security assistance.
2: Yeah, once it was invaded, you know, then we sort of tried to pick up the pace. Yeah, it almost sounds like the way they're handling the border. Let's go to your calls, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on line 7. Mike, your thoughts?
3: Great. how are you? Great show.
2: Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. What do you think about especially Mayorkas today saying the border not- is secure? It's doing great. Mayorkas is out
9: of his mind. I have, I have question number four for him. And that would be from that good call that I called earlier. Yeah, he had
2: good ones. Yeah.
9: God forbid a 9 ever hit this country again. And it, it's, it's determined that it's from one of these illegals. I, I hope he sleeps very well at
4: night.
2: Wow, Mike, that's Thanks. a good one, Mike. But you're right. That is a huge concern because our border is wide open and we know the worst of the worst is coming through. And we're not vetting them. We're going to be right back with Support Our Heroes.
1: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support
2: Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great men and women in the military, a powerful story coming from Kansas Specifically, Topeka, Kansas, where a local legend there and one of the last World War II veterans in Kansas will now be honored with an honor flight to Washington, D.C. Kansas Honor Flight says Topeka Reverend Max Manning will be honored for his service in World War II and the Korean War with an honor flight to the nation's capital. Reverend Manning also founded Global Missions Ministries and was one of the original founders of the Topeka Rescue Mission. Kansas Honor Flight said that Reverend Manning will leave for his honor flight on May 9th, right around the corner, and he's going to return back two days later. They also have a large welcome home ceremony planned for his return, so they can honor his great service to our nation. And speaking of honoring, just a few hours ago, there was an emotional And somber opening event at Yad Vashem in Israel to observe Holocaust Remembrance Day. Take a listen. Holocaust Remembrance Day is now being observed around the world, and it comes at a time where there has been an increase in anti-Semitic attacks across the globe and including in the United States. And in fact, a new report saying that New York and New Jersey leading in those numbers, certainly a disturbing trend. And joining us now to discuss all of this is the former Israeli Consul General to New York. He is now the chairman of Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center. Consul General Danny Dayan, thank you so much for joining us.
14: Hello, Rita. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure.
2: You know, you two and you and Yad Vashem do such important work Talk about the very, you know, deep significance of this day. Um, you know, my father grew up right outside of the Warsaw Ghetto. So for me, this is very, very uh, important. And I think the world needs to always remember what happened and the courage of those people.
14: Well, no doubt. This is the most solemn day in uh, Israel, uh, the most solemn day in the year. We remember six million Jews. Six million Jews, it's an incomprehensible number, six million, uh, that were murdered, massacred by uh, Nazi Germany and its collaborators uh, all across Europe. Uh, uh, it was uh, something uh, that uh, has no uh, incomparable to any other event in, uh, in history. A machine of uh, annihilation, a machine of extermination was created. Uh, even as when it was counterproductive to the military efforts, to the war efforts, uh, 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 Nazi Germany continued to to, to to hound every single Jew, uh, uh, um, sometimes going to extreme uh, um, difficulties and extreme uh, uh, measures in order to, you know, just to, to kill one child. Uh, Prime Minister Bennett uh, today in the ceremony, Yad Vashem, uh, 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 he mentioned uh, uh, a page of testimony that we have in Yad Vashem, uh, a child that was murdered at the age of half an hour. Uh,
2: you know, it is so important, Consul General, too, to remind the world as we're looking at what's happening now in Ukraine. Um, and we've seen just these horrible stories of, you know, of even Holocaust survivors who went through the unimaginable you know, in World War Two, and some of them have perished now. Uh, there is still evil in the world.
14: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, that said, we have to be very cautious in uh, making a historical comparisons. Uh, there is no doubt that uh, war crimes are being committed uh, in Ukraine, uh, but not every uh, war crime is a genocide and not every genocide is a holocaust. Um, so we have... Uh, yeah, really, the, the, the Shoah, the Holocaust, is the, a, a unique event in, in in history. And, you know, Rita, you mentioned the growing anti-Semitism. Um, when I came to New York, as you mentioned, to serve as Israel's consul general in eighteen August 2016, I didn't expect anti-Semitism to be high on my agenda, but uh, I was completely wrong. Because during uh, my term in, in New York, which was barely four years, um, 15 Jews were murdered in America in anti-Semitic attacks. Uh, uh, the worst in, in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 11 uh, Jews were praying their Shabbat prayers. Uh, and then uh, one Jewish woman in Powell, California, and two uh, Jews in a kosher grocery in Jersey City, New Jersey. And uh, one more uh, Jewish person assassinated in a uh, halukah celebration in Monty, New York. So, yes, we are uh, uh, facing an onslaught of anti-Semitic attacks, even in America.
2: What is your message, and why do you think that is still occurring? What can we do better?
14: Well, you know, uh, uh, anti Semitism has no uh, logical explanation, has no rational explanation. If we are uh, poor, we are hated because we are poor. If we are rich, we are hated because we are rich. If we do not have a state and are uh, wandering in different countries, we are hated for that. If we have a strong country, the state of Israel, then we are hated. for having a strong country. It's completely irrational. It's the, all the, this the, the hatred in the world that is completely inexplicable. But I would like to say this, uh, Rita, if you allow me. Um, my uh, uh, the, the thing that I say to world leaders that visit frequently at shame is that um, anti-Semitism, we are not, I'm not implying, even after saying what I just said, I'm not implying that the situation today is similar to that in Europe in the 1930s of the 20th century. But there is one difference. We have the experience that that generation lacked. We know that it can happen. That if anti-Semitism is not confronted decisively, forcefully, uh, immediately, and defeated, it can metastasize into monstrous dimensions. Therefore, the the responsibility of every decent of every decent person, and for sure, of every decent leader in the world is to combat and defeat anti-Semitism now before it grows to unmanageable dimensions.
2: Absolutely. So very, very important. And before I let you go, and everybody, we are talking to the chairman of Yad Vashem, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center. Uh, I have been there. It is so powerful. I encourage all of you to check it out, whether it's online or if you go to Israel, obviously, to look at it in person. It is so powerful. And it is such a historical remembrance um, of the importance of what we're talking about today, Holocaust Remembrance Day being observed around the world. And uh, we're talking to the chairman, of course, of Yad Vashem, the former Consul General of uh, uh, Israel to New York, Danny Dayan. And Consul General, um, real quick, um, how are you observing it there in Israel? I know we're speaking from Israel. How are you observing the, this Holocaust Remembrance Day?
14: Well, uh, we had uh, uh, on uh, uh, this evening, we had a a ceremony in Yad Vashem with the participation of the president of the state of Israel, the prime minister of the state of Israel, and uh, six um, Holocaust survivors that uh, their torches, uh, that each torch representing one million uh, uh, victims of the Holocaust. And we heard... On the other hand, since we are talking about survivors uh, of resilience and uh, 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 really an adherence to life uh, that, as you know, is so important in Judaism, that ultimately they prevail.
2: One thousand percent. And we must all band together and say never, ever again and obviously never forget their memory. Um, Thank you so much, uh, former Consul General. To New York, Danny Dayan, who is now the chairman of Yad Vashem, uh, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center. Thank you so much for all you do and for everything that Yad Vashem does.
14: Thank you so much, Lisa.
2: Wonderful to have the Consul General here on the show calling from Israel. Obviously, very, very early there and many observances taking place also uh, in the next few hours, too, as well. And it's a powerful reminder as we look at what's going on. All over the world, and especially with what is happening in Ukraine, because in the last few hours, Vladimir Putin is really ratcheting up the rhetoric, basically saying, you know, World War Three is essentially underway. And he also has been saying with lightning fast strikes, that is how he will respond to, quote, any country that interferes with Russia's war in Ukraine. So how concerned should we be? And boy, what are some of the lessons as we just talked here with the former consul general, Danny Dayan, who's the head of Yad Vashem. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of an interview that Jennifer Griffin did with the current defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, responding to some of the rhetoric coming from Russia because, boy, they are really heightening it up. They're basically saying that they have weapons that we don't even know about. That's the message from Vladimir Putin that you will not know what hits you basically if you help Ukraine and also threatening that nukes are on the table. Some very serious stuff. Here is that exchange with Jennifer Griffin and U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin about nukes. How would you respond if Russia used a tactical nuclear weapon?
13: Uh, I don't want to speculate on, on any uh, kind of response uh, that we would uh, we would make. What my job, Jen, is to offer the president uh, a range of options for anything that happens, and I feel confident that uh, I can do that, no matter what happens. And uh, and I think the president feels confident, and not only our ability to protect ourselves, but our you know, my ability to offer. a uh, a range of options that uh, gives a president uh, uh, adequate choices.
2: So because of the threat of nukes and this rhetoric that is definitely coming from Vladimir Putin, he's clearly heightening it. In fact, uh, the Russians even hit a bridge that went from Odessa to Moldova. And they're talking about trying to get the separatist area there in Moldova. They're clearly trying to escalate and expand the war, if you will, and saying that if anybody helps Ukraine – basically, you'll be surprised by the kind of weapons that we will be used against you. How scared should we be about Vladimir Putin, or is it all bluster? Well, it certainly seems like this administration is clearly very concerned, and I don't know how you win the war for Ukraine if they are scared as they appear to be, because they're afraid to say, we want to kick Putin's butt. We want to get him out of the country. We want to get him out of Ukraine entirely. We want Ukraine to win. They're still dancing around with the verbiage And I want to hear if you think it's because of the threat of nukes or do they just not want to be all in on Ukraine. Take a listen to this back and forth again with Jen Griffin of Fox News and Lloyd Austin. Yesterday, you said the goal is to weaken Russia at the end of this conflict. Why not say defeat Russia? Are you expecting Russia to pull back to the pre-February 24th lines or the
12: pre-2014 lines? And to be
13: clear, uh, we're not in a fight with Russia. The Ukraine is in a current struggle with Russia, and uh, and what Ukraine uh, desperately wants is to make sure that it can protect its sovereign territory. And we want to make sure that we're helping Ukraine do that. And so what you've seen us do from the very beginning, and even before this, uh, this conflict, this invasion started, uh, we were providing uh, Ukraine uh, with with uh, security uh, assistance to be able to defend itself if it ever needed to, and of course once it was invaded uh we we and other and our allies picked up the pace in terms of uh you know providing uh, meaningful uh, security assistance
2: boy, that sounds like circle backsaki. what do you think guys one eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 Uh, Let's go to Norm on line one. Norm, your thoughts about this? And also, as we were just talking to, you know, from Israel, uh, we were talking to the former consul general, the head of Yad Vashem.
8: Yes, I've been there, Rita. I was there a long time ago, 1979. Um, It's so powerful. By the
2: way, Norm, you know, are you talking about Yad Vashem? It is so moving to go through there to see. I think everybody in the world needs to go there and see the effects of war and, and the evil. That exists and and you know I hate to you know I think about just the horrible things that happened to those people, and I see these images of what's been going on even in Bucha, you know obviously right. every situation's different, of course, but you know it, it reminds us that evil still exists in the world as it did back then right
8: now the the lessons we have to learn from certainly the holocaust from thirty three to forty five was that we can't repeat these things and you know and it seems like we 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 are repeating these things in places like china and ukraine and uh you know other horrible places Uh, so you know we have to basically try to learn our lessons and change our behavior
2: and stay vigilant and stay vigilant you know i think the message to also you know norm and um you know, I, I you're a, such a patriotic person. I know you've called in before, and I always love your calls, Norm. Um, I also think the message is also that um, when people say evil things and have evil capabilities, we have to do whatever we can to make sure that we stop them, um, that they don't continue, that you take some of these evil words at their words, um, and we've seen that even in the case of Putin, you know he's made a lot of evil claims, you know, saying he was going to go into the country, he was going to do this, he was going to do that, and he did it um and to you know whatever you can do to stop um evil people for you know for doing what they're doing against others it's it is such an important thing that good people need to stand together um we're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 What do you make of what's happening now in Ukraine and Vladimir Putin saying that he will react at lightning speed if any country helps Ukraine with military assistance? um should we be scared of that? Should we realize that we still have to do something to kick him out of Ukraine? Are we still trying to kind of have it both ways? You just heard from General, you know, from General Austin, the Secretary of Defense, saying, well, you know, we are trying to weaken Russia. Is that the objective here? I thought winning was and beating evil. one 800
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
2: At least a little bit of good news coming from Russia. A lot of bad news, but I was really happy to see that American and former Marine Trevor Reed was released. It was part of a prisoner exchange, which is really interesting, that the Russians released him. He was there uh, after kind of getting into a fight, Uh, they said, after he had been drinking or something one night in Moscow, uh, and then was sentenced for a long period of time. And it was in return for releasing a Russian pilot who had been serving a 20-year federal prison sentence in in Connecticut for a conspiracy to smuggle cocaine. They had wanted this guy for a long time released, so they made a prisoner exchange. I'm curious why you think this happened now at the height of tensions between us and Russia. What do you think Russia wants from this, and do you think it was just a simple prisoner exchange, or is there something more to the story that we'll find out later. But regardless, I'm happy that he is at least now in American hands and his parents got the good news just a few hours ago. Take a listen to them.
12: Oh, Obviously, we're ecstatic. Uh, Joey's here, too. Hi, Joey. Tell us how you're feeling.
2: Uh, hard to explain.
12: <laughs>
2: Answered prayers. Yeah. Answered prayers. That's the parents. Uh, but they did say that he was limping and they felt that he was not treated well in prison there in Russia. Take a listen.
12: He looks terrible to us. I mean, as his parents, we know he does not look
2: well. Yeah, they said he did not look well. So, do you think there's more to the story, and why is Vladimir Putin releasing him? There's still some other Americans that are over there at a time where he's saying, if you go in or do anything to help Ukraine militarily, listen, we're giving them javelins, we're giving them definitely military hardware, not the big stuff that they want. But he said anything. You will feel the wrath of Russia. So why would he do this exchange now? What are your thoughts, everybody, about this? Let's go to Karen real quick on line two. Karen, your thoughts about all this?
8: Uh, hi, just think. Want to think about the illegal immigrants? Why don't they take a side tour to the Ellis Island to see how real uh, to see how real immigrants came into this country?
2: No, you're absolutely right, Karen. You're 1,000 percent right, um, because they'd see the screening and the testing and everything that they went through. And, boy, is it a different standard now than that wide open border. Karen, thank you. Uh, let's go to Elena, line four. Elena, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. Great show and a, a very... Um, um
7: Wonderful remembrance of uh, Holocaust remembrance.
2: Yeah, very, a very important. Nice Elena, so important also to honor them and to never forget. That is deeply, deeply, deeply important. Um, and I was honored to do it. Um, and we should never forget the lessons from that time and just standing up against evil, pure evil. Um, let's go to Tom on line five. Tom, your thoughts.
9: Oh, good way good evening, Rita. How are you? I'm an Iraq veteran. And uh, I'm disgusted at the tragic war crimes going on in Ukraine. You know, Biden has been ineffective at uh, at, at doing anything. You know, he can't leave the country, he can't leave anything, he can't supply the ordinance to the Ukraine. He says he's gonna supply all of these um um and so forth one hundred
3: forty four thousand uh, rounds of ammunition for him.
11: But when are they gonna arrive there?
8: You
9: know when, you know, I and mean, he keeps saying he's gonna bring. He did come through on the uh, on the uh, the javelins and I'm I'm happy about that, but they need more. But, and he you blocked know, and, the MiGs,
2: Tom. You know, you as an Iraq yeah. war veteran understand that he blocked the MiGs, said, you know, he didn't want to bring them in. And, and you heard the language even from the defense secretary. He said the goal is to, quote, weaken Russia. You know, isn't that an interesting language? I mean, if you're fighting against an enemy, it's like, you know, the goal is to, you know, is to kick his butt and make sure that he never threatens the world again. You know, I, I'm not hearing that pounding of the fist that I feel like needs to happen, Tom. Tom, your thoughts?
9: Yeah, when um, Putin is uh, threatening severe and rapid retaliation, when is Basement Boy going to get a set of couleons and do something? You know, arm Ukraine and tell can, uh go to hell. You know, we're ready. we we're we're
3: going to rapidly return fire, and you will be no more.
12: Well, and you know, Tom, and, it, and Tom, you to know say, what? You
2: it's that attitude. You you are so right because. Putin clearly was not worried about Biden, and I think that that's part of the reason we're in this place. Had Biden beefed up forces at the border even before this happened, maybe he may not have gone into Ukraine. But he has seen nothing but weakness from this president, and sadly, we're still seeing it now. Everybody, by the way, tomorrow night on the show, we have Dr. Ben Carson, who's going to be joining us to talk about race relations in America. You don't want to miss that. Have a great night, everybody.